across the land. Evil should not have the upper hand. A podcast will kill this wicked blight. A mighty guild of geeks arise. From master animator Miyazaki, one of the most influential filmmakers of all time, comes a groundbreaking motion picture event. In a time when gods walk the earth, an epic battle rages between the encroaching civilization of man and the gods of the forest. When the forest has been cleared and the wolves wiped out, this place will be the richest land in the world. It's a war which threatens to unbalance the forces of nature. It will be a battle the humans will never forget. Now, the fate of the world rests on the courage of one fearless princess. I'm not afraid to die, and I would do anything to get the humans out of here. And one brave warrior. You fight like a demon, boy. Like something possessed. What exactly are you here for? To see with eyes unclouded by hate. Now watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. You cannot alter your fate, however. You can rise to meet it if you choose. Featuring the voices of Gillian Anderson, Billy Crudup, Claire Danes, Minnie Driver, Jada Pinkett-Smith, and Billy Bob Thornton. Princess Mononoke. Hey, welcome to Culture Zoo number 40, 200 million and three. What is it? 22? 22. Or 23. I could check it out. Uh, uh, it's 22. 22. 22. Our podcast is past like the, you yeah. know, I, I can drink an exciting stage and exactly. more established, getting serious know, about it's life. Mature. It's in the... Uh, Graduating the, college. Exactly. Stuff like that. Yep. It's... Uh, <clears throat> it's, it's maturing. It is. Still, still youthful, but maybe a different outlook. Right. Um, so we are in the midst of our summer of Miyazaki. Yeah. Are we going to run out of summer? Uh, we may run out of summer. I thought we could do this, but uh, we may run out of summer before we be finish fall. all the films of Miyazaki. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, but before we get to today's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosalind, how can people find us right. on the interwebs? We are on one uh, wordpress.com mm-hmm. which we will post drawings periodically. We're not quite at a daily drawing. This has been a really <laughs> this has been a dry spell for me. I, I have a side job that I'm yeah. doing um, in addition to my full time job. Um, so, like, I have a very short window of time that I can actually draw things. Yeah. And it's being taken out by the side job. Yep. So you only really have so suffered. much free time. I only have so much free time. And it's only enough for one thing. Yep. Um, well, I finished a notebook the other day. Saw so that. I will, new one, another yeah. one. Um, so I will 
I'll post that, I guess. Post, that up. post yeah. a recap of that notebook that I finished. But you can also find us on Twitter at mm-hmm. CZU Podcast and on Instagram at Culture Zoo Podcast. Right? As well, yeah. Culture Zoo Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. Yes. So there's just a million. We just have this amazing media presence. We do. <laughs> um, we're basically like. You know, the Kim Kardashian of Geek right. Podcast. We're going to get like our own app. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, you know, broadcasts uh-huh. our daily moves. Yep. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and if you like our podcast, I'd invite you to uh, please uh, leave a review on iTunes. It's easy to do, it makes, mm-hmm. makes us happy, it helps us with our rankings. Um, you know, we basically support ourselves full time on the proceeds that come from this show. Right. So any rank rate uh, ratings that you leave yeah, help feeds boat, our family so. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we were going strong with three reviews. Three reviews, so. I know. We, we hit the, the three review threshold, and it's, it's been a, a little difficult plateau. to break through. Yeah. <laughs> I think most plateau at three reviews. So if we could get a fourth review, I think exciting. I'd be pretty excited about yeah. that. Yeah. So. If you're listening, you know this is your opportunity. We're going to have to do a pledge drive. If you're, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's this? Like, you hearing this tonight yeah. was not by accident. Yeah. Destiny, God has put you, has put your earbuds in your ear and put this podcast on your uh, player, whatever yeah. that might be, to leave us a review. And this is for you. This isn't just for people listening. You are the you people who support us. Yeah. By leaving a review. So, oh gosh, I hate blood dries. So <laughs> All right. So, tonight, what are we talking about? All right. We're talking about Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke, the film that came out in 1997. Uh huh. Um, and I believe this, as far as uh, I can remember, this was my very, very first exposure to Ghibli. Ah. I don't think I saw this film, but I remember seeing the trailer for this film being like, that looks weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, huh. It's yeah, because like 97, right? Yeah, 97. So, so I would have been a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have been like 13, 14. Because, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, just, it, it was, it, this was kind of, I feel like when, like anime, like films, like started becoming popular a mm-hmm. little bit, maybe late. I mean, I don't know, but it, there was just, I remember there was a phase when I became aware of like uh, Japanese cartoons right. and they were always kind of creepy and violent mm-hmm. and just weird. Right. And so I was just, I was kind of off, put off by them, right. you know, and this just seemed like one of those to me. Well, in anime, time. I don't like anime personally. It's, I mean, from what the small amount of actual anime I've seen yeah. is kind of like off-putting yeah. and I don't like the animation that much. And, um, I'm so trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think if like, I've seen anime films that I really like other than Ghibli. Yeah. And also, I mean, I haven't had a lot of exposure. I've seen like kid yeah. stuff, you know, and like, it's, it's one of those things I imagine it'd be like, if you really enjoyed Westerns in Japan right. or something like that, like it's just it's right. a very it's a very culturally specific thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Star Wars or something, which is pretty global from right. what I can tell. But it's a really culturally specific kind of genre. Mm-hmm. So um, so to some degree, I think it'd just be hard to navigate to from the form, like just yeah. to find things in your language, yeah. um, and also know what was good, what was stupid, right? Um, so so yeah, that's that's. Um, I think I feel like I've tried watching. I, I know there's some very highly regarded anime right. directors and films out there, um, but I, I 
I've yeah. really only been exposed to uh, Miyazaki and some others that just have left me a little bit cold. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this was in 1997. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the trailer. And uh, that is, yeah, so that, and it, it just, I remember the images in the trailer looked pretty interesting, mm-hmm. but it also looked like this could potentially creep me out in a right. big way. Um, and, uh, th- but this was, I think the second film after watching Spirited Away, like Spirited Away, I feel like was the big debut for most people with Ghibli in America. Yeah, it was for me for sure. Cause it won an Academy Award. It, oh. Disney, it was the first time it, that's when Disney started distributing them. Okay. So it made a big splash as I remember. And that was my first exposure to it. And I was like, Ooh, this, this has something yeah. for me here. <laughs> so I think this was what followed up because this film is not actually distributed by Disney in America. Yeah. I don't know if, um, because it's, it's like Miramax or it's something. Miramax. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't do the dub. Um, so it's a little bit different than the other English language versions of Ghibli films that you'll find. Um, and it makes sense why Disney wouldn't distribute this film. Well, yeah, for sure. This yeah. is not a Disney one. This is not Disney's a Disney not going to pick this up, yeah. even if they wanted to. Or Yeah, and it's interesting when you step back and look at this film. Like, I think, uh, say, uh, you know, we, uh, we last week we watched Whisper of the Heart, which mm-hmm. was a very different film, but it was written by Miyazaki. It wasn't directed by him. But if you look at, like, the films he directed um, are, uh, so you have Kiki's Delivery Service, mm-hmm. Followed by Porco Rosso, followed by Princess Mononoke. Right. And like this could not be more different of a film from Kiki's Delivery Service, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it's so much darker and more like intense. <laughs> you know, it's well, an extremely intense I film. Was, I was thinking about that because just kind of thinking of like just kind of looking yeah. at his arc. Yeah. It might be he was yeah, it's just a lot different. It does remind me of Nausicaa. It reminds me of Nausicaa. That, it has yeah. like a lot of similar That's themes yeah. of Nausicaa. It's more kind of so it's it kind almost of, could be like a sequel to Nausicaa, like thematically. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of swinging a little bit more because what was I, I'm forgetting the order already. We have Nausicaa. What's the next one after it? Nausicaa, Castle in the Sky, Castle in the Sky. So it's uh, getting a little Totoro. more Totoro. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of goes lighter, lighter, lighter. Then Porco seems, Rosso. Yeah, Porco Rosso is kind of a combination yeah. between the two movies. I wasn't sure what he was doing there. Yeah. Then back to kind of this intense, heavy film. Yeah. I think this is the darkest film. I mean, not the dark. It, it's... The it's, most intense. You know, I hate the word. You know, there's something funny, like, to me, like, um, I feel like being dark is not a, necessarily a good thing, but a lot of people seem to think it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> you know? I don't want to be dark. Well... I feel like this is like the new dark Superman, mm, the new darker Batman, right. the new darker dark gritty reboot <laughs> of like, oh, this Star Wars is going to be really dark yeah. or this, you know, version of like Ninja Turtles is going to be really dark. I think Batman, the Batmans kind of did that, t- like started that trend yeah. with like. Well, I think it's funny because I think we always, uh, a lot of the films that are like, say, if you look at a series, mm-hmm. to me, a lot of the films that are my favorite are also kind of the darkest, but I don't think, I think a lot of people mis- like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars right. movie and right. it's for sure the darkest out of the original original trilogy Um, and I think a lot of people associate that with like ooh because it's dark it's good like the real smart thing that Empire Strikes Back did was went dark with the story and I don't really think that's the right that's not why it's good no at all I think it's just because it it actually went a lot more emotional and dug into like the emotional sides of the characters it's a lot funnier than the first one too so the tone is more serious but even not even more serious. It's just more. Um, 
it's more of an emotional film mm-hmm. than Star yeah. Wars is really. Yeah. Um, so that's this film is. I wouldn't even say it's it's definitely dark, but not in a way of like hopelessness and grittiness. No. It's it's just more intense and emotional and mature kind of. Yeah. Um, mature is good. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, I mean, and I say this in the best way possible, but a little more preachy uh-huh. because there's a, there's a very obvious theme. Yeah. In, and but see, I even wonder if that there is, it is as preachy as it seems on the surface. I almost feel like we can get into okay. that, but I, I feel like we almost kind of react to any story that has these themes as being preachy because almost every story that we do is preachy. Right. Like your Fern Goalies, your Avatars, your whatever. Right. You know, any film that's going to talk about environmentalist or like the man's relationship to nature, Mm -hmm. it's going to be crazy preachy. Right. Where it's always like the bad guy is always going to be some money hungry capitalist, industrialist, right? Who is the most unsympathetic character in the world. Right. And, you know, nature is always going to be this, um, unambiguously beautiful, noble right. um, thing. Bambi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in this story, it's actually really ambiguous who's the good guys. Right. But <laughs> yeah. I think it is, it is. It is has a very clear, like to me, it makes you think about how our responsibility as mm. humans to nature and uh-huh. the earth yeah. in a way that it, I think that is what it is meant to do. Yeah. It's not necessarily preaching against industry completely but it kind of makes you want to think about those things and just be thoughtful i guess yeah it's interesting well let's get into it okay let's talk about the plot a little bit so um this story is set um in feudal japan actually um yeah, interestingly enough. It felt more like a fairy tale, but I could like see that. It like a fairy tale, yeah. but it's actually set in a very specific time. I think it's like the 14 to 1500s okay. in Japan um, because they have like early guns and mm-hmm. stuff. It's like um, they're starting to become more modern, uh-huh. but not, you know, um, they're not super modern. It's not quite medieval. It's not industrial at all. Yeah, it's yeah. not, but it's not quite medieval. Yeah. Either. Um, and, um, the main character is Ashitaka and can we describe how that opens? Yeah, that's a really great opening. It's Ashitaka riding on his red elk. Once again on a beautiful shot. Beautiful landscape. landscape. Yeah. Great landscape throughout this whole movie. Um, and, and you, um, he comes across some girls and there's something going on in their village. There's something yeah. bad that's happening. It's like a very peaceful, pretty little mm-hmm. village that they live in. Yeah, very clean and organized right. and, you know, and um, so he goes up to the watchtower and sees this creature, basically, mm-hmm. that is coming to attack the village. Um, For kind of no reason. They don't know yeah. why it's attacking the village. It's just coming out of nowhere. It's just like it's in its path, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's but just like full of rage. This creature, like, very I mean, different. way to open a movie. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe the creature? It's like a it's like a monster that's made of small black worms it, that yeah. move like the black smoke in Lost almost. Yeah. Where it's like really fast, 
but instead of just the plain, no, it's Jane listening. Yeah. Just the plain black smoke. It's like small, creepy black worms. Yeah, almost like leeches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that are like really wiggly. You yeah. know, and it just is the heebie. It, it is a really creepy design yeah. for a creature, and Very. kind of every, and it has like red eyes. Yeah, and you can't see it, but at, at times, like these worms will lift off this creature, and you see that beneath all these worms mm-hmm. is a boar, mm-hmm. like this humongous boar, and everything this creature touches is kind of dies. So like all the plants. Yeah died that it touches and it's moving super fast it's chasing them so um yeah what is Ashitaka? talking so Ashitaka talking you immediately see is this amazing warrior yeah um but very but not just a warrior because i just i love how, the way it, it introduces mm-hmm. his character he's young he's probably about like 16 or something yeah very young um but he is riding alongside this beast trying to stop it mm-hmm. and his immediate reaction isn't just to shoot it you see yeah. he's very capable with yeah. his like bow and arrow but his character is really nicely introduced because he's like uh, what does he say? He's like, yeah. noble God, yeah. please turn away. Yeah. Please stop. Please stop. And, yeah. you know, t- like trying to make it stop without violence. But it ends up it's about to run over his little sisters yeah. or some little girls from his village. And he has to kill it. Yeah. But in the process of this, it touches his arm. Yeah. And um, you can. Yeah. So anyways, the, they end up killing the beast and, and uh, he's mortally wounded, essentially. Yes. With when the beast touches his arm, or this yeah, this demon touches his arm, which is revealed again to be this boar. Yeah, um, he's mortally. He gets this wound. It's almost. It's like this infection on mm-hmm. his arm that they say is slowly going to spread throughout his body mm-hmm. and kill him eventually. Um, and there's no cure for it. Uh, and uh, the the decision that the town that he comes to is that he's going to leave his village. He's a prince of his village. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to leave his village and um, go maybe find a cure mm-hmm. is, is what he's going to do. Well, and they come to the decision as uh, from his council that there's something bad going yeah. on in the West. The reason this, yeah, the reason this beast came to him, it's come from a long way off. Yeah. And it had a bullet, this round bullet. Yeah, they don't know inside. it's a bullet. They're like, this, like this iron this, thing inside of it. It's an iron him. ball yeah. inside of it that like was making it... You know, that that caused it, it to yeah. go mad and, and turn full of anger. Yeah. yeah, and turn into a demon of anger and hate. So they send him off, maybe also for, to find a cure, but also find it, like it's kind of this destiny yeah. thing. Yeah, it's kind of know, like you go and see, see if you can help. Yeah, yeah. And, and and help without hate, basically. Yeah. yeah. What does he say? To look with eyes unclouded by hate yeah. or something. Um, but as he goes out into the world, you discover that like things aren't very well out in the world. Yeah. There's uh, he immediately encounters um, like this war, uh, and um, you know where it's these samurais are attacking these villagers and killing them, mm-hmm. um, and he's attacked. And this is where you realize, oh, this isn't your typical Ghibli movie right. because it's yeah. very violent <laughs> in yeah, a weird like, sort of shocking heads way. Heads get like shot off, yeah, <laughs> like a lot, yeah. Like limbs get uh-huh. hacked off. Limbs and people's yeah. heads. Like it's yeah. definitely, yeah. Very violent and bloody yeah. in, in a weird way. So what he discovers is that this scar in his arm gives him this kind of supernatural power. Yeah, um, or strength. Th- this or... supernatural strength that mm-hmm. seems to be activated when he's angry mm-hmm. sometimes or activated by anger. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it's almost like the anger of the, the, uh, the spirit uh, that gave him this injury is transferred to him. Yeah. And it kind of almost controls his arm. Yeah, you see sort of that like, there can be a struggle where this thing could overtake him and yeah. he could be a demon too. Yeah, basically. so like he shoots an arrow at someone and like this arrow is like a super arrow yeah. when he shoots it with his like evil arm. Yeah. And it'll like chop someone's head off instantly <laughs> or just it's – yeah, so it's, it's kind of – so he has this – power that he doesn't want to use, right. that he has to be constantly struggling against. up with a um and this is the interesting thing usually the the plot is a lot more complex yeah. there's a lot more plot than um than a typical it, the, yeah. the films that it's have more come of before. like an adult movie with all the plot yeah there's a lot of just pieces to yeah. it but he he essentially makes his way he, he hears rumor of this town up um that's in a very dangerous part of the world where there's a lot of forest spirits right and that's ruled particularly by one forest spirit um what do they call it? Like it's that, the great forest spirit yeah. or something. Um, and uh, what they know is that there's an iron factory up there, up in this very dangerous kind of part of the world. Um, and so he goes up there to uh, seek out the source of this, this iron ball mm-hmm. that killed the God um, that gave him his disease. Yeah. Uh, on his way, he meets somebody. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, he meets he meets a couple people. Yeah. Well, he meets that monk first. Yeah. Off. So, so the 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 main character Ashitaka is voiced by Billy Crudup, who I thought did a very good job. Great job. Yeah, what, what is really he in? Voice. I um, recognize his voice. He's, yeah, he's a you know he's a good looking actor. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I know he was in Big Fish. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I know him from. And he's then the he, son in that. Yeah, he meets. Oh gosh, what's the? Uh, it's a it's Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, and that was the one I was like, I don't know if I like this casting choice. I but, kind of liked it, but it's so weird. I've seen Billy Bob Thornton in like a handful yeah. of movies and I knew that's who it was. It felt a little bit gimmicky to me because it was like, I feel like in the 1997, Billy oh. Bob Thornton was, was a pretty big, I mean, he still is, but. But that was kind of his big It was kind time. of, he was yeah. like his big, he was fairly big at the time was yeah. when he was like together with, what's her name? Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, they were all over it the was, place. Yeah, so he was a very popular actor at that point in, yeah, he in a weird been. like celebrity kind of way. <laughs> so it just felt odd to me because right. he so doesn't sound... He doesn't sound like, like appropriate a, to the setting at Asian all. Monk. He just sounds like a yeah. He's a well. He's they were kind of giving monk. him like this weird like cowboy voice a little yeah. bit. Like well, that's his voice. So you right, I guess that voice, is his voice. Know? But maybe they were trying to give that to the monk a little bit to yeah. kind of make him feel more like uh, down to earth or something. I, I don't, don't know. dislike his performance. I don't feel like it's a no. bad performance. I'm just like that was a weird that casting was a weird decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he meets this mysterious monk who yeah. comes later in the story. But who else? Oh, well, and he, well, this is when he runs into um, what's her name? Lady Eboshi. Uh, no, not Lady Eboshi. Before um, 
Son. He meets Son well, in the meets, forest. Yeah. So what, what what ends up happening is on his way up to this iron town. Yeah. Um, we we cut to uh, Lady Aboshi. The sooner we get this rice home, the sooner we eat. Let's move. Coming this way. Move. Don't let the oxen panic. Stay calm. Take up your positions. Keep your powder dry. Make sure you wait for them to come within range. It's Morrow! Come on. Who yeah. is basically the ruler of... Um, I don't know what she is. Uh, she's like, a, she's uh, like the ruler of this iron fortress, yeah. but she's created this society around herself. Yeah, she's basically like the, the head of a factory, yeah. this iron like smelting factory. But she's uh, made it like her yeah. own world. Yeah, basically. she has like her own army. Mm -hmm. She like has all her own workers who work for her. She's voiced by many drivers. I Which I, I loved her good. voice. Yeah, I loved it. Good. I thought she did a great job. Yeah. Um, perfect choice there. Yeah. Like, that was very matched up with the character yeah. overall. Um, and we cut to her and she's having, you know, they're trying to get all this food to Irontown. Yeah. And um, they, they're they fighting these wolves, these massive wolves along the way, along with this mysterious girl mm -hmm. who's also fighting with these wolves. Mm -hmm. um, and you can tell that there's a, always been a history between like this group of humans mm -hmm. and these wolves are always fighting kind of and skirmishing with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and you also immediately get that Lady Aboshi is... Like very intelligent, smart, and I think your first instinct would be like, okay, she's the bad guy, right? Because she's the one who's you know like got the the guns. Mm -hmm. She's um, you know she's kind of the you know if this is an environmentalist story, immediately yeah. she's going to be the bad guy, you know, because mm -hmm. um, she's she's running an iron factory yeah. for crying out loud, and she know? has guns. And she she's has trying guns. To shoot the wolves. She's shooting at the wolves, yeah. and you know, um, and all this stuff, but. Uh, Ashitaka kind of inadvertently stumbles across this whole skirmish mm -hmm. and he's not really involved in it, but he rescues two people who are kind of left behind yeah. after everyone leaves. Um, so he decides, I'm going to, you know, he, he rescues these two seriously injured men and uh, takes them through the forest where he first off encounters, he has yeah. this, he sees for the first time, um, San or Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Which she has two names. Yeah, they never call her that, though. Yeah. But I guess that's... She was the girl fighting Lady Aboshi, yeah. who's this kind of feral girl, yeah. essentially. I mean, she's not... She can speak and all this kind of stuff. But um, she's been raised by these... Wolves. Uh, supernatural wolves, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's he, like, immediately is kind of drawn to her. Yeah. They, like, like, oh, totally. Yeah. He looks at her and he's totally just, yeah, drawn yeah. to her. And she sees him and, um, you know, he stands up and introduces himself. My name is Ashitaka. I've traveled far from lands to the east. Are you ancient gods? And have I come at last to the realm of the spirit of the forest? Yeah, hold your mat. Yeah, yeah, I'm really like, I'm on this da 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 mission. I have come. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> very dramatic. Yeah, very dramatic. Um, I liked her response. She's just like, go away. Yeah, yeah. She just looks at him and says, go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't kind of feel funny. the connection. Yeah, she's not feeling it. <laughs> um, and she's, uh, yeah, she's kind of, 
She's like an adopted part of this wolf, yeah. these wolves. And what you realize is that um, in this world that even though it's set in feudal Japan, there's like these spirit gods. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like these are animals who have been um, kind of uh, through the influence of this one main great forest spirit yeah. have become like super hum- natural themselves. Right. It's kind of like in Narnia when in Narnia. Aslan makes yeah. the he- animals – better or speak like they're still animals but they're bigger and they're intelligent they can speak and they know the difference between themselves and dumb animals whereas like these animals are more than animals you know yeah and they are like they're like these different kind of clans Mm -hmm. of um super not superhuman but like supernatural um, creatures who live in the forest that are huge even and and recognized as gods and recognized as gods by humans Yeah. yeah um and uh, it's funny because, uh, like, I mean, when you compare, like, talking animals in this film to, like, talking animals in any other cartoon, <laughs> like, these are still very much like I was thinking animals. about that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, it's, and even because Ashok, Ash- how do you say his name? Ashitaka. Ashitaka has um, this red elk yeah. deer type of animal yeah. that he rides. And I was thinking, they make this animal, they an animal. Yeah. He's a real animal. Yeah. And yet he's also like, like, like it's like a companion to he's Ashitaka. Like a yeah. But it, I thought it was interesting how badly, like I wanted him to be anthropomorphic. I can't say that word. Anthropomorphic. Yeah. yeah. Because that's just what I'm used to, yeah. you know, but he isn't, he uh-huh. stays a, an animal just like yeah. he would, even though they, they, he's actually kind of a character in the yeah, movie, you is. know, but they don't make him like any cuter yeah. than a regular elk or no. anything like yeah, that. Yeah, he behaves like a regular yeah, elk. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's true. And these, you know, these, these gods, these, uh, god animals essentially, um, are very still much in touch with our animal yeah. side, you know, yeah. like the wolves are very wolfish, yeah. you know, even though they talk and are yeah. intelligent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the girl son is a part of this tribe. She's yes. been adopted by them, um, for, you know, some reason that yeah. kind of comes out later. It's not really important to the plot. Yeah. And the other thing they do while they're traveling, while, um, Ashitaka is taking these 200 men through the forest is they come to kind of the heart of the forest. Yeah. There's all these spirit creatures, which oh, are super cool. Spirits yeah. There's so tree spirits. Cool. They're really cool designs. Yeah. They have like these heads. You kind of can't tell where the mouth and the eye are, uh-huh. but in a cute way, you right. think it would be creepy. It's almost creepy, but then it's really cute at the yeah. same time. And their heads shake like rattles. Yeah. It's a very, it's such a clever design. It is. I just, I'm really impressed. And by they're it. all very different, but so simple. Yeah. It's really a great, uh-huh. I love the tree spirit. Hey, little fellow, are you showing us the way or just getting us more lost? And they lead them to this kind of heart of the forest um, where Ashitaka sees what is the great forest. Yeah, he gets like a glimpse of it. A glimpse of it. Um, And you can't really see it up until this point. It's just this kind of, it looks like a deer sort of. But its head has like more, it looks like kind of like a tree stump instead of antlers. Yeah, like a crown that it's wearing. Yeah. It's a really strippy design. Which I felt like, did you see the um, Snow White with Kristen Stewart? Is that, uh, yeah. I felt like they kind of stole 
a lot from that. Uh, the Snow White, the deer, the forest spirit in that really right. looked like that forest spirit. I think I remember thinking that. Because it has yeah. like the same weird antlers yeah. and kind of look. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool, guys. Yeah. Um, and it's and as he sees this, when the second he sees this spirit, his arm like freaks out. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he gets a he, you know the, he's realized this is kind of the heart of the forest. Yeah. No one's ever really made it through there alive, but he does. Yeah. No one goes through the forest. No it's one ever goes through dangerous. the forest. And everyone like the two guys he's rescuing yeah. are freaking yeah. out. Essentially, uh, they're very funny characters. Yeah. Yeah, There's a funny part when he like drinks the water and the guy's like, "I'm healed." No, I'm not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Those guys are the, the. There's not a lot of comic relief, but there's a few fun. There's some Couple funny, funny parts. Those are definitely funnier characters. Yeah. So they make it. He he brings these two men to Iron Town. <laughs> Sir, you were right. We made it back home just like you said. It's a fortress. It's Lady Aboshi's Iron Town. We make iron here from the ore and the sand. Um, yeah. and uh, Iron Town is a is a place again run by Lady Aboshi. Yeah, but it's like smoke it's and smoke. It's, very it's industrial. A, yeah, it's very industrial. It's not like bad necessarily. It's just very right. industrial. That's the thing I liked about it. It's not a evil looking place no. at all. It's just what a, like a, an ironworks would look <laughs> like. Um, and they're mining the land around them to make this iron. And uh, so what comes out is they've, they've been mining the, the, the sand in the lake, they're right mm-hmm. on the lake, and they, but they've run out of iron there. So they've, they're having to move to the mountains and cut mm-hmm. down trees. Mm-hmm. And that's caused all these conflicts with the forest gods. Yeah, basically. they do not like that. Yeah, and that's, that's what's going on right now is Lady Aboshi is... She's uh, at war with the forest. She's essentially at war with the forest. Yeah. yeah. That's right. She's not even afraid of the gods, that woman. Why, you should have seen the way she dealt with Nago. Am I right? Who's Nago? Who's Nago, the gigantic boar god? He used to rule this whole forest. We couldn't even get near the mountains with him around. Nothing to do but sit around on our backsides for months, staring at a bunch of angry boars. Mm-hmm. See, the iron in the sand under this town had all been dug out. So then we tried to get at the iron under the mountain, but Nago wasn't going to stand for that. The problem was, before we could dig for the iron, we had to clear away the forest. And that's what made the boar angry. Um, and there's a couple things I also really liked about this part. I don't want to just kind of breeze over it. But yeah. um, so, again, you'd think, okay, Lady Aboshi, Bad villain, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and now she's going to, like, kill our hero mm-hmm. or, like, capture him. And just, you know, a completely unsympathetic character. Mm-hmm. But the second you get to Irontown, she's, like, completely sympathetic. Yeah. And- First you steal the boar's forest from him, then transform him into a demon. Now you're making even deadlier weapons. How much more hatred and pain do you think we need? Yes, I'm the one who shot the ball. And I'm sorry that you suffer. I truly am. That brainless pig. I'm the one he should have put a curse on, not you. Young man, like you, I know what rage feels like and grief and helplessness. But you must not take your revenge on Lady Eboshi. She's the only one who saw us as human beings. We are lepers, the world hates and fears us, but she, she took us in and washed our rotting flesh and bandaged us. 
Awesome. And uh, so the first things you find out is that all like half the people in Irontown are like girls out of a brothel uh-huh. that she basically rescues. Rescues, yeah. And then a whole other group in Irontown are lepers yeah. that she rescues. Right. And everyone loves her there. They like it's, worship her. Yeah. All the guys love her. Like yeah. the men are like loyal servants. And the to women her. are like she rescued them. Yeah. She and, like spoils them. Yeah. And they're all super happy to work for her. Yeah. And she really cares about everyone. Yeah. She's taking care of them. She's like caring for these lepers who no one else will touch. Yeah. And she's not a bad person. We immediately see is that she's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, she doesn't, she's not like out to kill our hero. She's very. And it's not like, even though she wants, she wants to be powerful and yeah. have iron and yeah. weapons. She, it's not like she just is this evil, like villain. She's not that, villainous. No, <laughs> she's doing yeah. it for the people that yeah. she's, she's saving yeah. and like, she's a businesswoman, but she's not evil. Yeah. You're just waiting for her to be the bad guy. Yeah. I think and it's kind of confusing. It's you're confusing because like, you're like, wait, like, when are you going to do that? the bad thing that clearly makes you the bad guy? <laughs> yeah. You know, and instead of going that direction, which is what, you know, I feel like any other film would do mm-hmm. is like, let's clearly establish who's who you should be rooting for and against right. here. You're good. It's like, well, maybe well, she's not that. Maybe I should be rooting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like she's kind of likable. She's doing yeah. some good stuff. Yeah. Um, and other details here too. I, I really liked, um, there's just a few things. And I, I just like, I really like the way Miyazaki treats women. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I felt like this was a, there's a few little things in here and just some details that are so subtle. There's yeah. so many little subtle things in this film. That's a very, densely packed film yeah. that you kind of miss it without rewatching it. Um, but one of the things that um, I, re- <laughs> I really loved was all the, the women are kind of dressed in these loose fitting mm-hmm. um, like kind kimonos. of kimonos, yeah. right? You know, um, and uh, like they're kind of hanging out a lot uh-huh. of the time, yeah. you know, like their cleavage and yeah. stuff, you know, and not in a overly sexy way, but no, it's like they're in a bathroom. They're like they're there. working in a hot yeah. environment, yeah. and you're not going to be wearing like super. You're working kind of in a bathroom, yeah. essentially, you know. And there's one part where Ashitaka walks in to kind of work that, with the yeah. girls, and they all kind of get embarrassed yeah. by they're like, oh, this is kind of inappropriate, yeah. you know. And they're like, as they're working, they're like trying to pull, like, uh-huh. kind of pull their robes a little bit tighter uh-huh. and like trying to be just a little bit modest, right. you know. And it's not overly emphasized at all right you know it's not like a joke it's not a joke like, at all or anything it's just that's just kind of the reaction to because it. it's like a real reaction to and this. i felt like it was so awesome yeah. and, and just so humanizing uh-huh. and it just is not in subversive in a sort of way just because when you and this is how i feel about comics right mm-hmm. you know because i read comics i'm like this is like the most ridiculously like you're, you can tell it's drawn by all 40 year old men. It's very anti-feminist. Like, well, it, well they want to be, you know, they want to be socially progressive and stuff, but it's like, you know, you're, you're clearly drawing eye candy for men. Mm-hmm. These are not, these are women just to, ooh, yeah. you know, and they're not real women. They're not real women. Yeah. And you dress them in the most revealing <laughs> and give them the most ridiculous physiques, yeah. you know, um, so that don't exist in reality, you know, and, and then you're just inviting the reader to oogle, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I loved about this was it was like, you, you just never see that. Like if a woman's chest mm-hmm. is hanging out in a film, you never, you just never, you know, that's an invitation to oogle. Right. Kind of. It's know? like there so yeah. that there's something for yeah. guys to look at. Guys yeah. look away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like fe- feast your eyes yeah. or whatever, you yeah. know? And this, I felt like it was just with those tiny little details. It's so humanizing to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is actually a person. I'm not, right. you know, I sh- maybe I shouldn't like stare. Right. 
you know, because they care about yeah. this. They want to be huh. like covered up, you know, and That's they're embarrassed sweet. by this. So there's, there's little details like that. And it's very respectful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I you love the I mean? way he treats women. Like yeah. all of his women characters and little girl characters, yeah. all of them are, you can tell he respects women and understands them. Yeah. And I think that it's a nice, it's, it's a sweet character choice because these women are from brothels. Yeah. Like, so instead yeah. of being like, oh, they're just kind of, yeah. you know, loose women or whatever, he gives yeah. them like the actual character yeah. development that, you know, they, they're real women yeah. who are embarrassed about things. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just love that. That's I think really there's, cute. And there's a lot of little details that you kind of blink and you'll miss them. Uh-huh. But that was one that I noticed this time that I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, that was a bit of a rabbit trail. So. <laughs> While he's staying, he while he's kind of at Iron Town, um, they're attacked mm-hmm. by these two wolves. Iron Town's attacked, and essentially, the only person who makes it into the fortress is um, Princess Mononoke or San. Mm-hmm. And um, she is so fun to watch. This scene is like insanely cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like the way she gets in, yeah. the way she moves. Yeah, she moves like a wolf, kind of. And you know, really fast. She's super fast and just super just quick. Yeah, and live, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, and so she she makes it in. She's going after Lady Ashitaka. She wants to kill her. She yeah. hates her guts. Lady Aboshi. Lady Aboshi, sorry. Yeah, and so um, she. Uh, she kind of gets captured not really but she's she's surrounded yeah she's trying to kill lady aboshi but she can't really get out like all the villagers and the workers are around her um so ashitaka intervenes he's like just playing like referee basically essentially yeah so so she he's like holding them apart um and kind of through these like almost superhuman powers that he has through this curse that's killing him What do you think you're doing, boy? Stay your hand. The girl's life is now mine. I'm sure she'll make a lovely wife for you. There's a demon inside of you. It's inside both of you. Look, everyone! This is what hatred looks like. This is what it does when it catches hold of you. It's eating me alive, and very soon now it will kill me. Fear and anger only make it grow faster. I'm getting a little bored of this curse of yours, Ashitaka. Let me just cut the damn thing off. Um, in the middle of this, he's shot. Yeah. Yeah, he's almost accidentally shot. He's, yeah, it yeah. is an accident, kind yeah. of. And he makes it out. He 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 rescues San. Yeah. And and takes her out of the city. Um, but he's been wounded very seriously. Yeah, because she's knocked out, and he carries her out of the city, saving yeah. her. And but he's yeah yeah he's he's, he's gonna die dying of this gunshot. Um, and uh, this is kind of really the first time we hear um, Son talk, and mm-hmm. she's voiced by Claire Danes. Yeah. Why did you stop me from killing her? Tell me while you're still alive. I didn't want them to kill you. That's why. I'm not afraid to die. I'd do anything to get you humans out of my forest. I knew that from the first moment I saw you. And I'm not afraid of you! I should kill you for saving her! (sighs) That woman is evil, and there's no one who can stop me from killing her. No. Liv. That's enough! I'm not listening to you anymore! 
I liked her voice. I think she did a really good yeah. job. Yeah, I thought Claire Danes was a good choice. She has a nice voice. She does. It's um, like the right amount of passion, but yeah. it was really good. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good choice. Um, and uh, so she kind of debates, should I just let this guy die? Should I do something to help him? She ends up deciding to bring him to the forest spirit. Yeah. To let the forest spirit heal him if that's if he wants. If he wants to. Kind of leaving it up to fate. Yeah, up to fate. So she she takes uh, Ashitaka to who's pretty much unconscious this Mm -hmm. whole time. The the one detail I did love is when Ashitaka falls down and the wolf runs up to him and basically (laughs) bites his head and starts shaking. It's like when a cat or like a dog grabs a dead mouse or something. It was so like feral and yeah. You can just it's just one of those details of like oh these wolves are like like, very much wolves. She's like stop. (laughs) Oh, and the apes. Yeah, we missed that part. Yeah, and at the same time they're kind of confronted by all these apes. But the way the apes are animated in this part really trippy. So creepy because they're just like these black shapes with red eyes and yeah. their, their mouths are moving but it doesn't sync with their voice on yeah. purpose and yeah. it's like creepy yeah the apes are very very creepy, creepy. but you just sent you see that all of these animal tribes are very yeah. unhappy with the iron town yeah and they're all they're not united at all but they're all fighting lady the, yeah they, the apes want to eat ashy yeah they're all they like dealing with power. this in a yeah the wrong bad a bad way yeah. and but not working together it's like kind of like how the indians you know the native americans never united and yeah. that was sort of how, <laughs> why downfall. they never won you yeah know, part of the reason but yeah um yeah, so she brings uh, Ashitaka to the forest spirit, and the forest spirit heals him. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of mysteriously. There's a lot of it's. It's, it's a very kind of like a dream. It's and, very dream sequence, yeah. and there's a lot of again for such a fast moving film. There's also just a lot of um, shots that very typical to Miyazaki, but it'll just linger on strange images. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like just someone standing there. Yeah, or like dew. Yeah, on like, like yeah, drops dripping <laughs> yeah. off of a flower. Yeah. It and, is. It makes you slow down when you're uh-huh. watching a movie. It's weird. Yeah. It's not what you're used to. Yeah. Um, and so this he, this forest spirit does heal him. Yeah, the force. But it doesn't take away his curse, is the yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. So he's still going to die from this curse, but he heals the bullet wound. And the forest spirit's a very interesting spirit because yeah. it's not like he's good or bad. Again, you know? yeah. It's not like, oh, the forest spirit is a good god. Or very friendly. Or, yeah, yeah. Or like kind or yeah. anything like that. He's, he's kind of creepy looking. Yeah. When you first see him, he's giant. He's yeah. like, you know a thousand feet tall and he's like yeah. this kind of it kind of reminded me of Avatar actually okay the way have you seen you haven't seen Avatar I haven't seen the movie Avatar yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit of just themes I felt like the themes yeah. from Avatar were kind of borrowed from uh-huh. that that exact image of the forest, forest spirit as this giant yeah. god but then he turns back into the deer but he's not really he's a, not deer. a deer it's he's just a strange a, looking yeah, creature very strange yeah. kind of weird he has like a human face human-esque face that's yeah it's and then the other thing i noticed is when he walks it's like his foot will come down and all this greenery comes up and then as his foot leaves it It dies dies. so it's kind of like there's a circle of life he's not all life yeah he's life and he's like a god of life and death that's 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 a definite theme yeah is that he because and then like when he shows up like yeah this plant that's right next to ashitaka dies right so it's and you expect like i expected yeah. it to like be alive to flower but yeah. you see he's it's not like he's just life yeah 
Yeah. So it's he's an ambiguous character, right? Right. Very as a, it should be, I think, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so Ashitaka's healed, and we pretty much go to the final act of where he's. Um, what what happens is all these animals are kind of gathering together to destroy the humans. Mm-hmm. All these kind of forest gods are. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot win against the humans. Their guns will destroy you all. Look on my tribe, Moro. We grow small and we grow stupid. We will soon be nothing but squealing game that the humans hunt for their meat. You'd risk everything on one last battle. That's just what the humans want. I do not ask for the help of the wolf tribe. Even if every one of us dies, it will be a battle the humans will never forget. Um, and, uh, and so they, uh, he's kind of in, caught in between this, basically. Mm-hmm. The, the final fight is with, um, Lady Eboshi and, um, and... That monk is and, there. Uh, that monk. Shows up Billy with Bob an Thornton. army, yeah. And the monk, what is revealed is that he, he has been sent by the emperor to cut off the great forest spirit's head. Yeah. Because there's a legend that if you cut off this head, his head, it'll bring you eternal life. So him and Lady Eboshi kind of have similar aims, but different. Yeah. What is it? They're, like, they're going to join their two armies. Yeah. They're, they're, they both two want the spirit god dead, but for yeah. different reasons. Yeah. Lady Eboshi wants the spirit god dead so she can kind of mine. Grow her iron yeah. works. Exactly. And he wants it for the emperor. He's he wants, like a hunter. Yeah. He's, it'll make him rich, yeah. essentially. Um, and so the forest spirits all want to uh, obviously destroy the humans. Yeah. Um, so, and Princess Mononoke San is very much on the side of it. She hates humans. She hates all humans. She hates all humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though she is a human, but she's kind of she doesn't she acts she doesn't think she's a human. Yeah. Like she she's want like to be. yeah. <laughs> she just basically pretends she's a wolf. Yeah. And. Um, Ashitaka, again, he's really not on either side. Yeah, he's really neutral. And I yeah. think that it comes from his background. Yeah. You get a little bit of a, a little you know a little bit about his tribe that they they're very peaceful and mm-hmm. they are cut off from society. They're actually hiding yeah. from the emperor, their his tribe is, because they want to live peacefully mm-hmm. and like, you know, without hate and violence. Yeah. And you see that in his village. Like it is yeah. like very you know, I'm like, I want to live there. So. And I, I do think the interesting thing about this, like, is that the forest spirits are not as sympathetic as you would think. Yeah, they're not just good. They're not just like the good, like peaceful, mm-hmm. like they're very like aggressive, mm-hmm. violent. They they're and not creepy. Yeah, they're not bit. seeing both sides of the issue. Yeah. They're not like Let's let them have their mountain yeah. and we'll be in peace yeah. over here. No, they're like, they can't get past their rage either at uh-huh. the humans and yeah. find any sort of balance and peace yeah. with the humans. It's, it's, they're just as hateful as the humans exactly. are. You know? That's, that's the thing. Both that, of them can't see yeah. each other. Yeah. Either. There's no moment of like, I, I haven't seen Avatar, but I've seen parts where it's like, let's just, you know, just like revel in how hippie and good we are and like in right. tune with nature. Right. It's like, they're really cool, but right. and they're noble to some degree, but they're also like super aggressive right. and scary. Which is yeah. kind of how animals are. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, a bear is beautiful, but don't get near yeah. it, you know? There's never a moment when they like paint with all the colors of the land, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> or even like when they, they have a circle of life moment, yeah. like we're in a Lion King when it's like yeah. all the animals are just yeah. like 
totally in on yeah. this, you know. So, um, so they uh, this kind of leading the charge in this this final confrontation with the humans is this boar guy. The boar tribe, yeah. Yeah, the boar tribe shows up, um, and they're very gross. All oh, they're and, so like, gross. Eye, gunk eye in their goodies. eyes. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, and the leader is blind. The leader's blind. This giant blind. Yeah. And boar. the wolf tribe and the boar tribe are going to f- join up and fight. With together. the wolf tribe is only three wolves. Yeah, but. three wolves. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so and that include and Princess Mononoke or something. Yeah. And she um so they have this confrontation um and uh But basically the humans are setting a trap for the boars. Yeah. They are not gonna win this battle yeah. and I think um the wolves know it yeah. and the boars kind of know it, but they don't care. They They're kind of like die and like, Yeah, we're go just gonna like fighting. run into battle and die. It's like a suicide mission yeah. and they know it. Yeah, and so basically the boars are pretty much all wiped out. Um, they have bombs and yeah, guns they, they, and traps. They confront and, the humans. There's yeah, grenades, and it's it's a disaster. Yeah. Um, and it's also a trick for Lady Eboshi too, because the second she leaves Iron Town, all these uh, other this other army goes men, to take it yeah. over, men to take it over and, and seize Iron Town. Yeah. Um, and so. Ashitaka again is caught in the middle of where yeah. he wants to warn Lady Eboshi that Iron Town's being taken. Because over. now he kind of has friends in he has Iron friends Town. Friends in Iron Town. He's yeah. met these women yeah. and these lepers, and he sees it's kind of a good thing yeah. in a way. Yeah, these people are people, and they have you know yeah. families. They want to live. Yeah. And yeah, so he goes to Iron Town, and he sees they're being sieged, and so he has to try to get Lady Eboshi. And at the same time, he's yeah. really worried about Son because Son was charging into battle. Yeah, he like, wants to find her. She's like, yeah. I hate humans too. I'm going to go die. Also, yeah, you know? exactly. so so he's like kind of torn in three directions, mm-hmm. trying to make peace between yeah. everybody. And he clearly loves song. Yes, yeah. Um, they kind of have a moment, and yeah. at, at some point, yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting, strangely romantic moment right. in a weird sort of way. Yeah, uh, like where she's chewing up food and like feeding it. To oh, that moment mouth. is awesome. Yeah, yes. it's just such a weird moment. Yes. Of like, huh? That's interesting. But also kind of romantic. It's very romantic because <laughs> yeah. she's so feral. Yeah. But she's like really beautiful. Loving him yeah. in yeah. this like feral animal kind of sweet what, way. Yeah. Essentially what happens is he's like too weak to chew food. Yeah. So she like chews it up yeah. and puts it into his mouth yeah. for him. And it's just like a it's, it's not a kiss. It's, it's not, not like sexual, but it's like very Loving in a weird sort of way. Yeah, yeah I don't know. it's like in Honey I Shrunk the Kids when he gives her mouth to mouth. Yeah, I've <laughs> never made that connection before. <laughs> That'd be fun. We should do like ten ways Honey I Shrunk the Kids is like Princess Mononoke. Um, battle blog. Um, you won't believe what these two people <laughs> noticed when they saw yeah, Princess exactly. Mononoke. <laughs> these two stupid people <laughs> created some really You'll dumb never link bait. <laughs> what happened next will blow your mind. Um, so essentially, the animals have lost. They've yeah. been pretty much wiped out. The only one remaining is this boar god who's very seriously injured. And Moro, the the wolf god, is dying has been, as well. Yeah, she gets shot very early on and is dying throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, played by Gillian Anderson. Yes. X Files. Very interesting. Yeah, so Mulder, she talks like she does an X Files. <laughs> she does. Yeah. You can definitely tell it's her. Um, and uh, so what? But the on the bigger scale, now that the the animals are defeated, they still need to kill yes. the Great Spirit. So they're following um, San mm-hmm. and uh, the Boar God 
back to kind of the heart of the forest where the spirit, the great spirit lives to kill it. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a super creepy scene. Yes, you know, it is. Yeah. So they're, they're being chased by these hunters in wearing boar skins. Oh, it's so creepy. In the- They've come back. <gasps> My warriors. They have come back to me from the land of the dead. <laughs> Forward, my warriors! Forward to the pool of the forest spirit! No, Sordokoto! Your warriors have to come back to you! Those are humans wearing the skins of your warriors to hide their scent! It's a trick! Don't you understand? It's just a human trick to get us to lead them to the forest spirit! Come out, forest spirit. If you are truly master here, give my warriors the power to slay the humans and be victorious! Stop, Mordekoto! Please! You've got to listen! Son, they're all around us. Okoto's done for. Leave him! No! I won't let him turn into a demon like Nago did! The way they move is so And the crazy. eyes are like empty. Yeah. And and it's yeah, it's it's you just kinda have to see it it's to get chilling. It. it is a very strange like it's so silent and yeah. like because everyone is trying to get to the heart of the forest to kill the forest god. Yeah. And they have to be kind of disguised as these animals yeah. to do it. So they it. smear themselves in boar's yeah. blood and they're wearing boar skins. Yeah. And um end up basically as as this boar god is dying, he turns into this demon. Yeah, creature. turns into the demon, and um, ba- kind of captures uh, Song. Yeah, too. So she's trapped. Because she's wrapped up in it. She's yeah. trying to get him to the water to yeah. get healed by the forest god. Yeah, but he turns into this demon. Yeah, creature. demon and. Yeah. She's all caught up in She's caught nasty. up in it. She can't get out. Yeah. Ashitaka finds her. He's trying to rescue her. He can't rescue They're her. They're both like in these Wrapped worms. up in these like blood worms yeah. that are just really. Yeah, you know, they're like blood worms. They're so creepy. They're really creepy. Yeah. Um, and the hunters have made it to like, so it all kind of converges at this one moment where the hunters, um, the, the remaining forest gods, Ashitaka and San, who's wrapped up in this demon, mm-hmm. um, all come to the heart of the forest where the forest uh, spirit is. Mm-hmm. And um, it's again, it's interesting. It was one of these like ambiguous moments where the forest spirit um, uh, kills the two gods. Mm-hmm. You know, he just like takes he like away really their life gently like touches them and they die and they die. Yeah. But it's almost like this act of mercy. In a sense. But yeah. it's, it's not it's not like he's angry. Yeah. He's very emotionless yeah. is the whole thing. Yeah. The way it plays out. Um, and and at when when uh, Ashitaka rescues San, but at the same time these hunters show up with Lady Eboshi mm-hmm. and they're gonna kill the forest spirit. Mm-hmm. Quick, he's starting to change. Now watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. A god of life and death. The trick is not to fear him. Um, yeah, describe that whole sequence. That seems interesting because yeah. Ashitaki sees what's happening. Yeah. And he tries to stop her. He throws a, a knife at the gun. Yeah. 
But she and, and the forest god looks down and sees her, and yeah. her gun starts growing leaves yeah. and everything. But she's like, "You are gonna die, basically. Yeah. You will die." And um, she shoots it. She shoots, she shoots, his, shoots head his head off. Yeah. She did it. Quickly, go get the head. Yeah. And it's it's really creepy. He yeah. turns into this jelly that is just yeah, essentially, like death jelly. Yeah, essentially what happens is he sh- she shoots the head off this forest god. Um, again, because they want the head to give the emperor And they put life. it in an iron box. They put it in this iron box that Billy Bob Thornton's carrying. Mm-hmm. But the second they do that, like, yeah, the this jelly, it's, it's this like this ooze mm-hmm. kind of um, that just starts killing everything. Yeah, everything Anything it touches, touches, it kills. Yeah. The forest, the people, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like everything starts dying instantly. And so everyone's basically like, oh crap, yeah. we got to run. <laughs> running for their lives. Yeah, so everyone's like running for their lives. To Iron Town. To Iron Town. Mm-hmm. And it's covering just like everything. The whole forest is being wiped out and destroyed. Yeah. Um, in this very, just a, it's a And all the, scene. don't all the little tree spirits die? All the tree spirits die. Just you see yeah. them like falling from the trees. Yeah. Uh, Everything is just pretty much dying. So, yeah. Ashitaka and San realize that they, the way to stop this this death spirit basically is to give the the four spirit back its head. Yeah, like the head is still alive, yeah. but to get return the head. And so they have this final kind of race against yeah. you know death, pretty yeah. much. To they retrieve the head and return to the forest spirit. And it's really this amazing moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. How would you describe it? It's just really awesome because they finally, they get to the head and they convince Billy Bob Thornton well, to give them the head. Yeah. And he, they ha- he like wraps his arm around her and they yeah. lift it up. And and they're both like dying from yeah. like, they are completely covered with the black worm juice. Yeah. From and they're the, covered from in the, the curse. Yeah, curse. And they're like, you can see they're both going to die. They're like yeah. completely wrapped up in the curse. Yeah. And they, they lift up the, the head to the God yeah. and it's just like kind of splashes over them. Yeah. And you don't really know what happens. Exactly. You know? And, um, then yeah, everyone essentially, in the, this is pretty much the end of the film. Yeah. Like everyone kind of wakes up, you know, after this, the people who survived this incident. Yeah. And like all the land is turns green. Yeah, slowly. And slowly, like very quickly, but everything starts yeah. to grow again. Yeah. It turns green. Um, and uh, Iron Town is destroyed. Um, and uh, pretty much that's kind of the end of the film. Yeah. Is well, that, they, yeah. Yeah, there's a final exchange between yeah. um, San and Ashitaka. Yeah. Um, which is. Not like a satisfying ending to their relationship, right? No, but it's kind of what it is. Yeah. Like it's who they are because yeah. you see that you see everything turn green and Iron Town's just covered in greenery. It yeah. looks like you know it's kind of yeah, it's destroyed. And, and Lady Eboshi, who lost her arm, yes, yes. the wolf bit the, off her arm. The wolf bites off her arm. Yeah, yeah. she kind of deserved it. She kind of deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And she she says we're going to rebuild Iron Town mm-hmm. essentially. But she says we're going to build it better. We're going to build it better. So yeah. who I you know yeah. I, f- I felt like her she, resolution was like she understood the forest a little bit better maybe, maybe. or something yeah. like that. Um, and, and Ashitaka in their exchange says, I'm going to go back to Irontown and help mm-hmm. them rebuild. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going back to Irontown. Yeah, she's like, I can't do that. I'm, I'm going to stay in the forest, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that's sort of the resolution. That, yeah. and, they're, and they're like, well, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, like, we'll call. But I think it's kind of like they obviously love each other. Yeah. And she, he's the only human that she would yeah. consider even you know, talking mm-hmm. to, yeah. and she really, you know, loves him. I think he's like this bridge between uh-huh. humanity and nature, nature and yeah. she's nature, and Lady Boshi is humanity. humanity. Yeah, and he's like the middle ground. Yeah, and the last thing we see is that this forest spirit like emerges out of the forest. Yeah. Not the great forest spirit, no, but the, the tiny cute little, little, the one. cute little forest. So spirit. the forest is healthy, going to be healthy again. No, the forest and, is going to uh-huh. be healthy again. And so that, in a nutshell, is the the story of Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Um, so what do you think of this film, Ross? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, obviously very different. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I sensed the, obviously, the themes of nature and mm-hmm. all of that. But I don't know if I completely grasped all of it. Like, I, I wasn't sure if I, I caught yeah. what he was trying to say, necessarily. Yes. It's that's one of those things that it's it's not a film that to me so easy to parse out. Yeah, it's one of those things that you have to kind of reflect on. Yeah, and even upon reflection, it's not necessarily like the moral is shoved in your face. Right. Like again, that's what I kind of what I appreciate. Because, yeah. Most of these like Avatar, you don't leave going, hmm, who was the bad guy in that? Film? Was that military guy who yeah. wants to kill everyone bad? Yeah. Was 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 the the corporation yeah. that was mining uh, <laughs> Avatar? Yeah, the, they didn't the care. They, they wanted to kill the life yeah. tree. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember. Are they good or bad? <laughs> but um, in uh, in this one, it's really like well, it, it's funny because the humans who we would typically be rooting for, like actually are like not like they have a pretty good case for why they it's not like they want they, they didn't set out to destroy the forest right they just wanted to like mine it yeah and the animals were like oh no you don't <laughs> you know and they were you like yeah and they were the ones who were the aggressors right. right and they were like oh you stepped on our land yeah. we're gonna destroy you we're gonna attack you um like no one was really in the right or the wrong exactly yeah and it's not like the animals are facing extinction except because they're fighting this war yeah. against the humans yeah um so it's, that's an interesting side to, to stuff. Um, and and also, so it almost feels like like what, you know, Miyazaki's wanting, if you look at it through Ashitaka's kind of character, is he's not necessarily saying like, I think we talked about this with uh, Nausicaa, which is why this film feels so similar mm-hmm. to Nausicaa, is that the answer is not like technology is bad. Right. You know, industry is evil. Right. And therefore we need to be like, you know, completely crush all you know technological progress and nature is un, unambiguously good, good all yeah. the time uh-huh. but it's like we need to f- be at peace with it yeah. you know like how do we find uh, a peace between the two yeah yeah. It, yeah so that's what Ashitaka is fighting for is he's that the, he's not he's taking like a side yeah that there's there should be uh, there's we we can't 
neither one is completely right. Right. You know, because you see San's character isn't right. She hates all humans yeah. and she's violent yeah. and like bloodthirsty because exactly. of it. You yeah. know? The real conflict is between like the two polar opposites in the film are Lady Eboshi and Song. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither one is a bad guy. Right. Um, and, and Ashitaka is in the middle and his, you know, as kind of the, the hero of the story, he's trying to find peace between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I agree with that again in that, you know, there's, uh, it, I mean, you can almost see it in a, in a sort of way of like, it's a very relevant story, just like in the current state of world affairs, mm-hmm. you know, where you have two very different cultures clashing mm. with each other that don't understand know, each other. That, well, yeah, exactly. In, in the fact that, you know, we, we, are a very, you know, advanced modern mm-hmm. culture in the West, mm-hmm. right? And um and in many ways I think that is we we don't we, we mm-hmm. always think of that as like we're yeah, we're hundred percent right. We're hundred percent good. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's funny, you hear this this kind of language a lot with like progressivism, you know, like right. you know, oh we're progressive, oh we're on the right side of history. Like as if like we can see that history has some like goal that we're ushering in. It's like this really weird messianic kind of language that we right. use every day. It's like our manifest destiny. Yeah, exactly. It is like a manifest yeah. destiny sort of yeah. thing. Like there's like destiny that we are like, we're achieving some glorious some, goal. Some like higher level of That's like, really vague and undefined. Where and are also we going like with this? has caused a ton of problems to mm-hmm. the rest of the world, you know, and to us in general. Mm-hmm. But yet we feel like, you know, we have this kind of, um, blind sense of destiny still about it, you know, like with the modern culture. I don't think we do as much as we did maybe a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think postmodernism is kind of a, a critique against that, you know. Right. Um, but uh, but it's definitely you know mm-hmm. it, I can see that. Whereas like in a in a in a modernist world, you know, we kind of you know have this sense that, oh, we're going to some glorious future and whatever kind of problems we cause along the way doesn't really matter. Yeah. We can, we can really, um, and especially how we view the past even more so, right. you know, I think, um, there's a, you know, and that, that's one of the things I thought about, like, well, maybe there's, there's a, a certain kind of like literal nature to like, what happens if you cut the head off a of God, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it uh, it doesn't go the way you expect it, right. you know. Not as neat as you thought. Yeah, it, was it doesn't. Be. It doesn't work out the way you you'd hope. Yeah, interesting. You know, and and that was an interesting thing because I was like thinking about okay, what's the symbolism? What does this mean? This this whole forest spirit thing, like where they they ended up sort of killing it in the end. But yeah, like because in the end kills, it is dead. It is yeah, but it just turns into this. But it basically is going to kill everyone else yeah. unless they restore it to life. Right. Um. You know, and and if you think about how. You hear certain people who talk like about like, oh, if we could only be this like culture of pure reason, you know, where um, science, yeah, pure science, yeah. right? Like if we only did everything according to, you know, reason and the scientific method. I believe in science. I believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you hear, you know, I mean, people who have like less subtle ways of thinking, like yeah. they'll even say stupid stuff like that, you know, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I believe I'm in not science. arguing into gravity over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. Y'all believe in science, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
but yeah, there's, there's like a, a certain, if we don't respect our past and where we came from and we, we feel like we can kind of cut off its head, mm-hmm. um, like that can have disastrous consequences, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's what he's going for, right. but it, it, I think it might be a little bit because the opening part is he talks about how humans and spirits used to live in harmony. Mm. That's kind of the setting the stage, but this is kind of where we're at today. Right. Um, and uh, yeah. And I think, I don't know. It's a, it's an yeah. interesting, it's a film that doesn't necessarily lead you. And the moral of the story is, you know, right. recycle. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Or the moral of the story is, uh, you know, capitalism is great for everyone. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, huh. It's right. Just, it's kind of, that's why I was kind of like, yeah. not unsettled, but a little yeah. bit confused because it wasn't yeah. wrapped into a nice little package. Like I wanted it to yeah. say something to me because yeah. that's what I've been spoon fed to want in exactly. entertainment. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I, I kept, I keep thinking about it. I keep kind of thinking like, well, what was happening? I, I like, I like, I your like assessment that. of it, but it's, I, I, and to me, uh, it's just a, and that's kind of the power of it mm-hmm. is that in, in movies like this where, where they, I the, the author is saying something, right? but he's, he's saying something that is sneaking past your defenses right. a little bit. It's very because, subtle. Yeah, because yeah. you're he's saying something subtle that you may not really digest. Right. You may digest yeah. you may digest it in ways that uh, when you don't fit into any one category, it's it's a little bit unsettling. Yeah. You know, Be- yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Um, and because you have to kind of take it on its own merits mm-hmm. as opposed to fit it into one box like oh this is just an environmentalist mm-hmm. or this is just a capitalist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um Raw, raw, you know, technology progress kind of thing. Which is one of the things yeah. that I admire most about certain writers because mm. I like to write a little bit. I don't like to write fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my thing. But, like, when I write, my major fault, I feel like, is I really want people to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I do not want yeah. them to misunderstand me. Yeah. Or, or, or get something that like I'm I I can't even explain it but the the writers that I love are the people who let mm-hmm. me draw my own conclusions yeah. and I don't like it when people over explain to me because mm-hmm. to me yeah. it takes away the whole point of a piece of written art like yeah. if you take it and you you make someone understand it the way you yeah. want them to understand it whereas when you have a piece of writing that is like this yeah. that is it's art because yeah. you can interpret it and it comes into your life yeah. and you are able to digest it. And it means something specific yeah. to you because it hasn't been exactly, you yeah. know, broken down into such an exact science. And I don't think that means that like we, you know, that uh, this has no meaning because that's no. one of the things that always would bug me. Like when certain artists would be like, it means what you want it to. It mean. means what you want it to yeah. mean. It's like no, it doesn't. Like this, you know. Like doesn't mean like. Did you write this song about unicorns or, <laughs> right. or you know, is Helter Skelter really like you know about a serial killer? You know, I mean, I, you know, those sorts of things. I, I don't necessarily like that, but I do like. I think what it is is subtle, right? Um, and uh, and challenging. Um, yeah, and I think those are my favorite films and mo- and, mm-hmm. and books that are that way. I mean, it's funny that. 
to me, how many people are shocked that C.S. Lewis is a Christian, hmm. you know, when they read the Narnia Chronicles, right? Um, huh. Because oh, you mean they think that those books are so... Well, they never make that those connections huh. to, you know, his Christian faith. And um, and I think it's, it's a testament to it because he wrote something that um, is very influenced by Christianity, but it's not... Um, it's not preachy, right? You know, it's not, it stands on its own. Um, and it's not, it's something that exists within its own, um, you know, logic. And, and to me, that's a very powerful thing to, you know, I mean, those books have had a bigger influence on, yeah. you know, my faith than many like books of theology in totally. many ways. Um, and, and, and because as I, I have such a hard time with Christian books like that because oh they're so spoon fed yeah. and they're so they're not thoughtful books, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and you can't, you know, you can read the stupid thing yeah. and be like, I see what that author was saying, but the, the way C.S. Lewis does it, yeah. he gives you this story and you take it in and yeah. it means so much more. And you are able, those are the books that every five years you read them yeah. and your mind is blown in a whole yeah. new way. Or Tolkien, you know, yes. another great example of a guy who's not writing like Christian allegory. He's yeah. writing as a, as a as a Christian with the worldview that is yeah, way. but just I mean it's just it's you know what he believes kind of comes through. You can get that, but mm -hmm. it's not but it's not in a way of like well, did you know that the elves represent right. you know the Pope right. or something right. like it's like oh that would ruin it <laughs> yeah. you know. But and and that's what I think when you get getting back to this environmentalist stuff, it's it's almost like you know we hate I, I hate it. Most religious fiction is junk because it's that. Mm -hmm. But then most like environmental stories about like these kind of touchy issues mm -hmm. are junk mm -hmm. because they are so they're basically just propaganda and they're they're not artful mm -hmm. or um, yeah, they're just they're just uh, kind of glitzy propaganda. Mm -hmm. Um, for one view or another, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and that way and they, at the end of the day, they're just not compelling. This is much more compelling to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts on uh, Princess Mononoke before we wrap up here? I don't think so. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this is, this is in my top, I would say. It's really good. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's my favorite. It's or probably not. up in my top five right now. Yeah, it's, it's towards the, it's yeah. towards the top. We'll have to make the decision when we, yeah. when we finally get Canonize there. It. I think, you know, um. I think one of the things that definitely appeals to me is I just I like the whole romantic angle to it. I do too. <laughs> it's a good like star-crossed lovers. It is. Know? It's a good one. You know, I mean, I, I, I he's cute. I she's cute. For a, a little <laughs> bit, you know. I mean, she's a, she's like this feral princess. If I, I get it. <laughs> I she was, If I was uh, in that situation, I'd be a little smitten. So, I mean, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's definitely a PG, definitely earns the PG 13. Rating. Yes. So I would say 13 is a good age. 13 Lily. It's one of Lily's favorite movies. So mm -hmm. she's, well, 12. Lily's like 25 yeah. so. <laughs> in spirit. She's 25, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a definitely a PG 13. Um, it's, de it's just scary. Yeah. It, not and only violent. Is it, it's violent. It's like creepy yeah. parts of it. Oh, those, those monsters yeah. are nightmares, right? Yeah. There. Like exactly. for sure. Definitely not for, for younger kids. Yeah. So, so kind of be a little bit careful with it, but once around that age, 13 should be totally good. Yeah. 
So uh, next week we will be talking about Spirited Away. Yay! The, uh, the this one, is like the one I'm an authority on. I love yeah. this movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I hopefully we'll have maybe a guest, an additional yeah. guest on. Oh. Um, we'll leave that for us. It's Bruce Willis. <laughs> we'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we roped in Bruce Willis today. You know. <laughs> Pulled a few He's in town. Wouldn't that be a random, it'd be, it'd be fun to have like what, a really random Willis celebrity guest. Let's have Mel Gibson on. Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll abuse us. <laughs> <laughs> so Mel. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Ross. Thank you. Yeah. Next week. Hi. You're looking at me. Right on, Epic Cat. Right on. Culture Zoo is a production of One Drawing a Day. You can learn more about Culture Zoo and One Drawing a Day and all sorts of other things at onedrawingaday.wordpress.com. You can follow Culture Zoo for regular updates on geeky stuff at Podcast on Twitter. If you want to buy amazing t-shirts featuring our podcast logo, among other things, you can purchase them at store.culturezoo.com. Culture Zoo.